Emma Filipov was born on January 6, 1986, in Perth, Ontario. When Emma was 26 years old, she was living in the city of Victoria, British Columbia. On the night of November 28, 2012, Emma Filipov vanished without a trace. She was last seen in front of the Empress Hotel in downtown Victoria after speaking with two police officers who were alerted to a woman in need of assistance. After speaking with Emma for 45 minutes and repeatedly being told that she was fine, the officers let Emma go and she walked off into the night, never to be seen again. I'm Taryn Gorbon, and this is Monograph. Growing up, Emma Filipov was quiet, shy, and very creative. Her mother was a school teacher, and her dad was a carpenter and painter who built the family home. She enjoyed playing with her three siblings, of which she was the eldest, and she is remembered for her wide smile and striking brown eyes. Caught in the middle of her parents' long and painful separation, Emma moved away from Perth when she turned 18. For a brief period of time, she was an English teacher in China before moving back to Ontario, where she studied photojournalism. Eventually, she moved to British Columbia, where she obtained a degree in the culinary arts. When Emma was 25 years old, she moved to Victoria, where, using her culinary arts degree, she got a job at Redfish Bluefish, a fish and chip stand near the Inner Harbor. She made friends at her new job and eventually found a roommate, but Emma remained private and withdrawn. Her poetry would later reveal Emma's growing isolation and paranoia, a paranoia that she would hide from her friends and family. In her diary, she would write about cars slowly passing her in the street and how, at times, she felt as though she was being stalked. As she distanced herself further from friends and family, Emma shut down all of her social media accounts. Signs of a mental breakdown became more evident when, on November 20th, 2012, just eight days before she disappeared, Emma visited the Victoria YMCA to open a membership. Security camera footage shows Emma leaving the building, but just moments later, she comes back in. In just a few minutes, she exits and re-enters the YMCA six times, all the while looking out the front glass doors for something, or someone. Three days later, on November 23, 2012, a distressed Emma called her mother in the middle of the night. She told her mom, Shelley, that she wanted to come home to her family. Shelley explained to Emma that she was always welcome home and offered to buy her a plane ticket. Emma agreed, but the next day, Shelley received a call from Emma saying that she needed more time alone to work through some things. It was then that Shelley learned that Emma had been living in a women's shelter on and off for the past nine months. Shelley was shocked, 
All this time, she believed that Emma was staying with friends and that things, for the most part, were going okay. Over the next few days, they went back and forth. Shelley wanted to come to Victoria to help Emma, but when she booked her plane ticket, Emma demanded that she cancel it. She needed more time alone. Finally, Shelley decided to fly to Victoria without telling her daughter to check up on her and see how she could help. Shelley arrived in Victoria on the night of November 28, 2012, and she immediately drove to the Sandy Merriman house to find her daughter. The staff at the women's shelter told Shelley that Emma had not returned to claim the bed that she had booked earlier that day. It was then that Shelley called the Victoria Police Department and reported Emma missing. Shelley Philippoff expected her daughter to turn up soon, but to this day, there has never been a confirmed sighting of Emma. The Victoria Police Department have released a rough timeline compiled from CCTV footage and the statements of several eyewitnesses of Emma's actions on the day she disappeared. Early in the morning of November 28th at 8.23 a.m., Emma purchased a $200 prepaid credit card at a 7-Eleven convenience store on Government Street. She later returned to the same 7-Eleven where she bought a prepaid cell phone that was never activated. After she makes her purchase, she can be seen on the store security camera lingering in the store for several minutes. She keeps peering out the window, looking for something. Her body language is clearly communicating that something is wrong, but no one takes notice. When she finally leaves the 7-Eleven at 5.54pm, she walks the short distance to the Sandy Merriman house on Burdett Avenue, presumably to reserve a bed for that evening. The staff reported that Emma left the shelter at 6pm, where she then headed towards the Victoria Inner Harbor Airport a small terminal that only runs flights during the day. At 6.10 p.m., Emma entered an ABC taxi cab, and she asked the driver to take her to the Victoria International Airport. When the cab driver told Emma how much the fare would cost, she told the driver she didn't have enough money. Emma had almost $3,000 in her bank account, as well as the $200 prepaid credit card so she definitely had enough money to pay the fare. Before she got out of the taxi, she asked the driver if she could stay in the vehicle for a few minutes. The driver recalled her fidgeting and acting strange, and when she paid her fare and finally got out, the driver asked her where she was going, and Emma replied simply that she didn't know. Shortly after she exited the taxi cab, she was seen by Dennis Quay, a very casual acquaintance of Emma's, in fact, they had only met once before. He saw her standing at a crosswalk without her shoes, and to Dennis, she seemed paranoid, to the point where he actually asked her if she thought she was being followed. He could clearly tell that something was up. Dennis stayed with her for nearly half an hour while the two walked around the inner harbor. He eventually found an opportunity to go inside a restaurant and call 911. A couple of minutes later, two Vic PD officers responded to a call for a person in need of assistance and arrived in front of the Fairmont Empress Hotel. Dennis left shortly after they arrived, believing that they would take her away, 
and the officers began questioning the shoeless Emma. She told them that she was working through some things, and that she was just taking a walk to clear her mind, after she was going to go to a friend's house. The two officers asked her if she was depressed, or if she was suicidal, and Emma told them repeatedly, no, she was fine. After speaking with her for nearly an hour, the two officers had no choice but to let Emma go. They left her in front of the Fairmont Empress Hotel at approximately 8.30pm on November 28, 2012, concluding the last confirmed sighting of Emma Philippoff. Emma's mother, Shelley Philippoff, arrived in Victoria from Perth at 11pm just a few hours after Emma spoke with the Vic PD officers. Shortly after midnight, Shelley and the staff of the Sandy Merriman House reported Emma's disappearance, and a missing persons investigation was immediately launched. On December 5th, two weeks after Emma went missing, the prepaid credit card that she had purchased was used by a man to buy cigarettes at a gas station in Colwood, B.C. The man claimed that he found the credit card in Langford, a good 20 kilometers away from the location of Emma's last known sighting. The man was questioned and given a polygraph, but was cleared of suspicion by authorities. Shelley Philippoff, meanwhile, was conducting her own search for Emma. She questioned the staff at the women's shelter and talked to Emma's co-workers at the fish and chip stand. She put up posters all over Victoria and began looking for clues in Emma's belongings. As she began sorting through thousands of poems and diary entries, Shelley finally began to realize the fragile, emotional state that Emma had been in. Not just in the months prior to her disappearance, but from as far back as when she was a young girl. One poem in particular stuck out to her mother and to investigators, and it led the Vic PD to believe that it was possible that Emma had committed suicide. It read, To everyone, from dead Emma. Hello. I figure someone will be on this computer at some point and will read this. Okay, so I'm dead. Floating about, on energy or not, watching dying stars, reviving stars, and dreaming milky dreams and shadow dancing on your timelines or whatever. Good luck, every heart. I love you. M. Shelley and many of those who knew Emma don't believe the poem to be a suicide to them, it was just another example of the pain that she was feeling and the way that she would express it, which was through her writing and her poetry. The Vic PD had divers search the waters of the inner harbor three times, but each time they found nothing that supported the theory that Emma had killed herself. Of course, it was entirely possible that Emma had been met with foul play. Despite her fragile state of mind, her diary entries indicated that she sometimes felt as though she was being followed. Her parents had a hunch that a man named Julien Huard could have something to do with their daughter's disappearance. Julien knew Emma from Perth, and the two had a brief relationship. Julien was very much in love with Emma, but she broke it off. He pursued her constantly, calling her parents home and emailing them. 
Just a few months after her arrival in Victoria, she bumped into Julien on the street. He, too, had just moved to the city. Julien was an obvious suspect, and police interviewed him several times. He claimed that his arrival in Victoria was a coincidence and a coincidence alone. A year after Emma disappeared, Julien volunteered to give a polygraph. He passed and has been cleared of any suspicion. As investigators continued their search, Shelley Filipoff made the difficult decision to leave Victoria for her home in Perth. In the months following her daughter's disappearance, she had been living in a hotel room in Victoria, desperately searching for Emma. As the months dragged on with no sign of her daughter, Shelley had no choice but to continue her search back in Perth. Shelley contacted the CBC, who in turn helped give Emma's disappearance national attention, publicizing the $25,000 reward for information, and the tips started flooding in. Their most promising lead came from the owners of a clothing store in Vancouver. They reported that a man had entered their store with one of Emma's posters crumpled in his hand. He spoke with the owners and told them that Emma wasn't missing. She was his girlfriend and that she ran away because she hated her parents. The store owners were alarmed by the man's demeanor and immediately called police, but by the time they arrived, the man was long gone, and investigators have been unable to track him down. Emma Filipov disappeared on November 28, 2012, and to this day, we are no closer to understanding what happened to her on that fateful night. Her mysterious disappearance have left investigators scratching their heads, and in the case of Emma Filipov, we are left with nothing but questions without answers. But even still, Shelley Filipov has never lost hope that one day she will see her daughter again. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, Shelley believes that Emma is alive, and all she wants is to see her come home. Monograph was written and produced by Taryn Gorbon with music by Poddington Bear. If you have any information on Emma's whereabouts, please call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477 or contact the Victoria Police Department's non-emergency number at 250-995-7654.